Welcome to Winging It. So this is an offshoot of the regular show, Birds of a Feather. This happens on the off weeks, the in-between weeks. So again, as we say every time, they're never going to have to go another week without us. And again, there's no reason you should want to. And in fact, every time you listen to either Birds of a Feather or Winging It, it should make you want to hear more. And we're hoping that's what today does as well. And today... We are going to talk about something you have no idea. You have no idea what we're going to talk about. No idea. You never, ever know. Hermetically sealed envelope? No. no Correct. Exactly. And the winner is... What does hermetically mean exactly? I'm not exactly, you know. We'll talk about that. Johnny Carson used to say that. That's another show. (laughs) (laughs) That's a whole different show. All right. And uh, the envelope, please. Oh, you know what it is this week? Greatest title tracks ever. Oh, no. Nice. Right? So, and this is courtesy of NPR Music. Oh. So, I looked at a lot of different uh, lists for this, and I really, really liked how well-balanced NPR's was. So, I went with NPR's. So, I looked at a lot. This is not a culmination like it typically is. This is just NPR's, and I thought it was great. In no particular order, because I didn't appreciate their order. <laughs> I didn't like their order. They had but an I order? Won- no. They had an no, order. I, I didn't like it. No. Yeah, I was... I disagreed. So arbitrary. It, it, it seemed like it. And I thought, you know, you don't you don't know what you're talking about. So uh, here are some, and I cannot wait to hear what you think. And I do believe that you know every single one of these, as I do. So that would ready? be a pleasant surprise. Yeah. Oh, I know, right? <laughs> Both of us? Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. So the first one is, again, in no, no particular order, American Idiot, Green Day. Absolutely. It's a great song. And isn't that the name of their their Broadway show, too? Yes. Yes, American Idiot. Uh, I have my uh, differences with them in some levels. But as a band, absolutely not. They're great. And uh, this is good punk. I mean, there's bullshit punk out there. This like is Blink great. Like Bowling for Soup. There's a lot of crap punk out there. Those two always get your wrath. They do. Every fucking time we talk about punk, those two, you kick and you throw under the bus and you roll that bus backward and forward a few times. I'm telling you. I just, I just <laughs> You're get out. It. I, I, I want it to be known. Green. <laughs> Day, however, Green Day always satisfies. Green Day is so good. Just, I mean, and you know, it isn't just punk. They do terrific stuff like Well, Good Riddance is one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Boulevard of Broken Dreams. Oh. Uh, Green, Green Day is just a great band. American Idiot is a kick-ass title cut. Good choice. Yeah, it really is. And they really have an uncanny ability to write punk that's accessible mm-hmm. and that feels almost pop. But it's not. It still has the punk cred and the integrity. Well, the best punk is very popular. Like, look at the Ramones. You know, oh, look at the Ramones. Come on. The Ramones didn't get the you know the mainstream airplay that uh, Green Day gets, True. but today they probably they would probably because would. they're just as poppy. I mean, you know, they started out doing a lot of uh, covers of old rock and roll classics and everything, right. just amping them up. And Green Day is in the same vein, and I love them both. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So that's number one, not number one, but that's the first one. Blue, Joni Mitchell. Ah, well, big, big love for Joni Mitchell. She has, as everybody knows, so many different uh, incarnations and phases and periods and everything. The jazzy stuff, you know, it wasn't Jaco Pastore playing with her for a while there. Eh, you know, I'm not really that into it. Yeah. a little too avant-garde. I like the more fluid and song-like Joni, the pop and folky Joni, the mm-hmm. For the Roses and uh, Court and Spark. I love that stuff. Blue is a good uh, title track, but it's, I don't know. 
it's good. It's a little disjointed. I wouldn't rank it as one of my favorite title tracks, but it's a good tune. I mean, Joni's always worth listening to. Uh, but this particular period, not so much, actually. But yeah, okay. I, I, I get they put it on there. It's NPR, after all. <laughs> I get it, too. <laughs> yeah. And I like Joni Mitchell. You know, she's very quirky. she got a quirky voice, and she's kind of got a, her own way of doing things. And while I appreciate that, I'm not um, in love with everything she does. And this is, this no, is a, a lovely track. Yeah. It's fine. It's just, uh, it's not among my favorite Joni tracks, as you mentioned. So, right, no. But I understand that this is an iconic album, and people just go to pieces about it, so it makes sense that it's on this list. Well, it wouldn't be on my list. I understand why it's kind of... Uh, you know, a classic. I don't know why everything that has blue in the title is an iconic album. It's like blue, <laughs> Miles Davis kind of blue. Oh, that's I mean, a, that's we amazing. do an album called Blue Balls and it'd probably be really popular. Mm, I don't know. Let's try but, it. Uh, let's try it. Okay. Let's give it a shot. Yeah. I'm surprised the South Park people haven't done an album yes. called Blue Balls <laughs> <Yes>. yet. <laughs> All right. So the next one, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, The Beatles. Well, what are you going to say? Mean, Come on. I mean, I don't care. People, this is one of those ones that people kick against just because they're tired of hearing about it because it's like supposed to be it is not probably my favorite Beatles album no. it's usually one or two down the list uh, there are a couple more I prefer ahead of it but that said it's a classic it's a masterpiece and I do the way it begins off not only is it the title cut but it's the first cut right I mean it kicks off just with a good strong rocking beat and nice guitars and uh, you know the horns and singable chorus I mean Great way to kick off an album, and I, I love Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. The reprise is nice, too, but this is this yes. is the way you start a record. And leading into, with a little help from my friends, is just genius. You know, So, yes, absolutely big, big fist in the air for Sgt. Pepper. <laughs> and he literally put his fist in I, the I, air. I li- yeah, you can't literally, see this. Literally, I can see it, so yeah. I, I, I feel it. Yeah, oh yeah. This is definitely on my list as well. Absolutely, it's classic, it's iconic, it's a great title track off of a great album and again whether or not you think it's their best album it doesn't matter doesn't, it's yeah. an amazing track on an amazing album my favorite Beatles album changes every single time I listen through right there's like two or three that end up in the top spot every time I listen to the Beatles thon I get it okay the sound of silence electric version Simon and Garfunkel I'm sorry, did you say electric version? What the yes. hell is an electric version? <laughs> it's a specific version of that song, and they were very specific. It's not the actual Sound of Silence. It's Sound of Silence electric version that made this. Now, I would pick the regular version, not the electric version. But either way, the Sound of Silence off of Simon and Garfunkel's Sound of Silence is amazing it's one of my favorite tracks in the world absolutely and the story goes and you know how these things are that you hear these things and it turns out that they're not true and we we find ourselves having made some bullshit statement and editing it out before the show comes on <laughs> but um the story goes that paul simon just wanted to do it straight just him and garfunkel and everything and then the producer's like now let's throw some drums in here which of course makes the song Oh and then, I mean, you know, without the drums propelling it, the song would not be nearly as powerful and dramatic as it is. And he supposedly kicked against that. And it's one of those cases where I think if that's so, if it's a true story, mm-hmm. that the artist got it wrong, just like the Beatles when they didn't want Phil Spector's strings and choirs on Let It Be, uh, oh, the, the album. Yeah. Um, but the song is just beyond brilliant. I uh, love Simon and Garfunkel. Oh, and Paul absolutely. Simon's just a spectacular songwriter. And I don't think 
Garfunkel gets his due he either. Doesn't. I mean, he doesn't write the songs, but that voice, Paul Simon, yeah, him and Paul Simon and those together, together oh, yeah, magic. when they're together and his lead vocals. I mean, hey, folks, he sings "Bridge Over Troubled Water." So and I mean, that you know, song. <laughs> uh. so uh, together they are just magic. In fact, I just bought a new Simon and Garfunkel uh, collection. Oh. Uh, it's sitting behind you at this moment. Oh, excellent! Um, yeah, they're extraordinary, and that is a killer title track. Great, great choice. Good old gay NPR. Go! For I it. know they've got it. You know they right. got it going on. Goodbye, Yellow Brick Road, Elton John. (laughs) When are you going to come down? When are you going to land? That is, uh, I mean, there might be a teeny tiny bit of what might pass for filler on that classic double album. I'm fine with that. Yeah, um, no, no. Elton John filter, I'm fine with. Yeah, I do not skip when I listen to that record. I've had that since, well, since probably since it came out in every imaginable medium. And it's just such a a brilliant album uh, all around. A masterpiece of composition by Elton and Bernie Taupin. And it's a great title cut. Great uh, narrative storytelling, great musicianship, great production vocals. And I wonder, you know, because of course, as the audience knows, she just springs these things on me at the last minute. I wonder if I had had a day or so to think of that, I probably would have come up with at least two of these last three. You would have. I agree. Uh, Goodbye, Yellow Grove, because it's an album I've had my whole life. So excellent uh, NPR. Nice. So what else have you got in store? Well, Lust for Life, Iggy Pop. <laughs> I just recently reacquired this one too. You know? I'm worth a million in prizes. I love the Ig. I love him to death. And interestingly, Elton John is an enormous fan of Iggy Pop. Now we think of Iggy Pop as a legend, but let's face it, he's not the huge star that Elton John is. Of course is. not. But and Elton John says, "I simply do not understand why this man is not a huge star because he's so brilliant. He's such a brilliant songwriter. He's such a brilliant everything he does is. I love what he says. I just look at myself in the mirror and go, "Hey, you're a really interesting guy." Well, he is. You know, and the the title of the song suits the song perfectly. It, does. it is It brims with life. It bristles, whatever the hell the word is I'm looking for, with life. I hope we're at in a club someday and that son of a bitch comes on because I'm going to go off because it's just <laughs> a great, life-affirming, happy, buoyant, joyous, joyous song and absolutely love it. Great choice. You know, I will say one of the things about Iggy Pop, even though he doesn't have the, I guess, you know, same level of acclaim and stardom as, you know, Elton John he really has more of a cult following. And for me, sometimes that's almost as, you know, incredible as having this, you know, worldwide following to establish a cult following like that, where people are just so in love with the work that he does. And it's life affirming to them and life changing. And I think he really does that for a lot of people. I mean, I know Lewis loves him. I have lots of friends who really love Iggy Pop. And obviously, he and David Bowie had a very full working relationship and friendship. They really respected each other. I mean, that says a lot. Bowie is obviously way, way up there, you know, A-list, if you will. And he and Iggy, you know, did a lot of collaborations. Yeah, they wrote a lot of songs together. And what would later become David Bowie's songs and even hits of David Bowie were originally Bowie pop compositions that Iggy recorded first. That's right. Talk about a cult following. Well, a lot of people are so into the Stooges, Mm -hmm. they're not that fond of Iggy's later work, which I think is even better myself. I love the Stooges, but Iggy's solo albums are just sensational. It's completely different, but it's really evolved. I mean, yeah. Brick by Brick, Zombie Birdhouse. Yeah, I mean, just amazing, brilliant stuff. And the Stooges have such, you talk about a cult following. Yes. They're reissuing again and again and again uh, albums like Funhouse. And there's like the every single outtake ever of Funhouse collection box sets for like, this is one album. The outtakes from one album selling for two or three hundred dollars of one album. And I've looked at some, it's like, here's a false start. It's like, they start off... 
and stop the song five seconds in. To me, talk about cult. I mean, that sounds like a literal cult right, yeah. when you want to hear every single every thing single like thing, that. Every single thing, right. But, you know, I do understand being devoted to a band uh, like the new reissue of Goat's Head Soup by the Rolling Stones does have some, you know, alternate mixes and some, uh, you know, acoustic demo versions. And it is fascinating stuff if you're a real fan. But that's so. different than false starts. Yeah, false starts. <laughs> it's a hey, little... wow, did you hear that? How they uh, said the wrong word and started again five seconds later? That was genius, <laughs> man. I do think it's almost cultic. It is, on, yeah. the, on the Stooges part, but I mean, I can't fault people for loving no. uh, Iggy and the boys in solo because they're just that good. Yeah, Absolutely. Well, from, you know, more of a cult following to, again, another another legend, but this time out of the Motown family, what's going on, Marvin Gaye? Ah, oh, wow. Beautiful, <laughs> stirring, oh. wonderful song. Uh, so beautiful. And, uh, oh, 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 oh my God, yeah, Marvin Gaye, well, we were talking about him before. Yes. He might come up again on the next Birds, I don't know. Might he? But uh, mm. on the last Birds, rather, because he's just uh, an amazing songwriter and singer. Yes. And I don't know if I mentioned this, pardon me, audience, if I I said this before, but I recently acquired in my dead friend's record collection a sealed copy of a Marvin Gaye Live album from like oh the early 70s. Gosh. What's really interesting about it is the audience sounds like you'd expect to hear from Hanson or One Direction. It sounds like a bunch of teenies screaming their heads off, uh, not an adult mature audience of, you know, soul R&B that you expect. But uh, Marvin Gaye was a genius, and that is certainly one of the greatest title cuts ever. So stirring, so moving. It absolutely is gripping, and it takes me somewhere else. It really is stirring. So I'm really happy to see it on this list, and it would certainly be on my list. And uh, it was a Cindy Lauper that covered it, right? I believe Cindy Lauper covered it. She yeah, did. Yeah, yeah it's good stuff. Absolutely. And uh, <laughs> Purple Rain Prince. <laughs> okay. Okay. Where do we begin with this one? You know, uh, it's I mean, just sheer this brilliance. Is, exactly. This is just uh, absolute soul-stirring brilliance. Uh, I mean, this just stabs you in the heart. It does, gut-wrenching, uh, heartbreaking. Course, we had the iconic Super Bowl performance in the rain with oh, the, him and his yes. unbelievable guitar solos. Unbelievable. And um, who was it that was once asked, uh, I think it was Eric Clapton, was it, that was I asked about... think so. Uh, what's think it like it being Clapton. the greatest guitar player in the world? And he said, I don't know, uh, ask, ask Prince. Prince. Because he was just a so... Humongously talented. It was just ridiculous. How Songwriter, dancer, Songwriter. guitar player. I mean, that entire. No, I can't add actor. No, it you really can't add actor. Good. And uh, God love him. But. Uh, yeah, Purple Rain is is kind of a novelty as a movie. I mean, it's incredible performances by him in the time. Uh, musical performances. Musical performances. <laughs> yes. <let's. laughs> Let me be specific. <laughs> oh, e, oh, e, oh. Musically, it was great, but acting well, you know, uh, and, and plot can't and, have it all. Plot and script, you can't have it all. No. But that soundtrack, every single. Well, of course, there's the soundtrack, and there's the Prince version where it's all yes. Prince songs, which I have now, and just everything on it is just amazing, amazing, and that is probably the crowning glory of it all. Although it's so angsty and anguishy and so everything like that you don't want a whole album of songs like that but you don't get that from Prince you right. get a lot of hard rocking uh, funk dance just everything Prince did everything he was everything I mean he as really, a musician could be so yes. uh, yeah that one certainly I would have picked had I a few moments Agreed. to think yeah. yeah this one this one is is one that when he passed away everybody did and of course when Bruce and I wanted to pay homage to him we did When Doves Cry because I didn't want to do the same song everyone else was doing although I would love to cover this song I mean I would not do it justice because who could possibly but 
Prince. Well, I, Bruce could do some serious, serious uh, justice on the guitar for that one, you know. I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, I could rock it in my own way, but it would never no, be. I didn't mean anything against you. No, but, but it would but never. You said you couldn't, but I know. But no, it would never be anything close yeah, to yeah. anything, you know. So I'm glad we did When Doves Cry so they yeah. didn't have to. But it's such a beautiful, amazing song. <sighs> Imagine John Lennon. Uh. This is one of those ones where, I'm sorry, I love the music, don't care for the lyric, but it's a beautiful song. It really is. I mean, musically, it's great. I can listen to it. I'm not into the whole Lennon message thing. Once he went solo, I was not a huge fan. I, I like some of his solo stuff, but I definitely didn't collect him or anything like the Beatles. I think he did his best work by far with the Beatles. But imagine, um, it's actually a good album, too. I had the album. It's quite good. I, in fact, I still have it on cassette. It's a great album, uh, and it's a great song. I'll just leave it at that. That It's a great song, yeah. Yeah, this is this is one of those songs that obviously brings lots of people to their knees, and and a lot of people agree with the ideology of this song, and mm. I certainly get it. I think it's beautiful. I love the lyrics to this song. It's definitely very moving. The video is very moving. Everything about this song is very moving. So, I I get John Lennon after the Beatles. I totally get. It. I loved him with the Beatles, but I loved him after this. He was a little um, radical for me, but. I did appreciate the sentiment. I appreciated the desire for peace. I appreciated all of that. I mean, of course. Oh, there's a lot of that that I totally get. When you start with imagine no possessions, you know, there's no way to imagine that. It's impossible. Well, I think you can imagine it. I don't know that I could ever make it a reality. I mean, even if... Not on Earth, no. But I think it's kind of beautiful. I love that he's making you go somewhere that you don't normally go. He's having you occupy a way of looking at things that you otherwise wouldn't. There's something really beautiful about that, and it does make me anyway take a step back and think yeah you know maybe I put too much value in this or I think too much about this or this is too high on my list of priorities and I like it when music does that for me I like it when it challenges my norms or challenges my way of thinking and I feel like this song does and I like that about it and uh, I'm not a huge Lennon vocal fan but I do like his delivery on this song a lot. Uh, yeah, I do love John Lennon's vocals. He can scream raw rock like nobody's business. And this is one of his most beautiful, actually. It's I do beautiful. love his vocal on this. The melody is just sublime. It is. Everything about it, the arrangement, too. Is mm-hmm. so, Now, why do I want to say Alan White's playing on this? I don't know. But Alan White did play with him at some I'm point. I'm not sure if this is the song. No, but I, I that would be this interesting. is probably too early for Alan I White. Think so but too. I don't know. But then again, he was a session player. He wasn't in Yes yet. So. We need to have a whole like, we need to look session at that, where, yeah. we, where we correct all our wrongs. If yeah, we have yeah. Wrongs, but we're but just speculating, folks. We're just speculating. speculating. Yeah, don't, don't go around, stand around the water cooler tomorrow and say, <laughs> hey, did you know Alan White of Yes played on John Lennon? Well, don't we do don't that. know that, okay? Go ahead and Google it and yeah. let us know. Yeah, let us know. We have so no time to fact we check. We have no now. time to fact check. We're just yep. moving, moving yep. at the speed of light here. That's right. All right, so the last song, and I do have some honorable mentions, is Heroes, David Bowie. Oh, well. Come on. <laughs> Come on. This is the ultimate less is more song. I mean, uh, Heroes, I mean, it's just... Uh, it is... Even more one note than Kashmir, and it's just as iconic. It's one yeah. of those songs that just, you don't want it to change. It's so beautiful, and it gets in the groove, and it just keeps going, and, and well, the vocal uh, intensifies. That's a great record. The whole album is great, Heroes. It's so great. It's so out there. It's just like, it's not 
like experimental noise like you don't want to hear it these are great tunes that you actually want to listen to and you remember but heroes is just a perfect title track from that and i'm glad he made it the title track and glad i actually saw him on that tour uh, oh jelly uh, jelly uh, jelly after well they, they called it the isolar 2 tour whatever the hell but it was after the heroes album was the latest album as captured on the live album stage which uh, you're definitely recommended to check out but yeah great great song and i had the pleasure of seeing not only him do that but last year, I saw the Hollywood Vampires do that very mm. song with Mr. Johnny Depp on lead vocals. So, yeah, glad that is being presented to another generation. And I know there were people there who only went because Johnny Depp was there. And it's like, I don't know anything about this that. band, Joe Perry, Alice Cooper, but I just came to see Johnny Depp. Well, I you're going to hear some good music. And hopefully these little Johnny Depp fangirls are now listening to Bowie Heroes. Well, yeah, I mean, I listened to Bowie Heroes before, but I would have probably gone for Johnny Depp, too. Fun, funny that. story that when uh, Alice suggested Johnny sing the song, he's like, oh, I don't sing. And Alice is like, uh, John, you did Sweeney Todd. And he's like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> okay, nice. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So he actually sings a couple of songs. And that's so. a great movie. He, yes. Like, I yes. He turned me on to that movie. Too. and it A was, great uh, movie. Dark, of course. But dark. Dark, very yeah. Very good. Pretty damn dark. Yeah. I like dark. Midnight you know, as in you know. Persia in a coal mine. Yeah, dark. <laughs> yeah, but uh, entertaining nonetheless. Yes. So. Very, very good. So that's the list, but here are some honorable mentions that we don't have time to get to, but I have to mention them. Mm -hmm. Close to the Edge, yes. Oh, yes. Come all, on. All 22 minutes of it, yes. or whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> Great stuff, yeah. Green River, Credence. Oh, yes, yes. Let's Stay Together, Al Green. Oh. <laughs> Come on. Wish You Were Here, Pink Floyd. Nice. Very good. Very good. <laughs> Gotta have that. Back to Black, Amy Winehouse. Nice. And then, of course, last but not least, L.A. Woman, The Doors. You know that's my song. I that know is it my is. jam. <laughs> I know it is. Oh, great ones, great ones. Are you going to tell us some of yours? Uh... You know, I actually didn't make a list. I actually just thought, well, let's just keep it organic. Let's just have it be, maybe this will be an upcoming bird banter. You know, we did something on winging it, and then I thought we should do it on a bird banter when we've had time to think. Yes. Because as soon as you said title tracks, well, there are two album covers hanging as art now in both studios. <laughs> yes. Both of which have title tracks, actually. Correct. Little Queen by Heart and Burn by Deep Purple. <laughs> that was the first one that came to mind is Burn. Interesting thing about title tracks, sometimes they don't even appear on the albums. The band uses them later on. Like uh, Houses of the Holy. Yes. Uh, Led Zeppelin was an album after the album Houses right? of the Holy. Yes. Uh, Sheer Heart Attack by Queen. I thought that was something they dreamed up you know, like four albums later with uh, News of the World, or is it three? No, it actually, I think it dates back to the Sheer Heart Attack session. So sometimes that happens. A title track will appear later on. I mean, you said Back to Black, and come on, whatever you might think of ACDC, Back in Black certainly belongs up there as a title track. All right, so that may have been on one of the lists, and I was like, ah, uh, you know. You, you, you chopped Black in Black. But here's the re <laughs> we just talked about ACDC and how they're grossly overrated. We did, So if yeah. that would be on your list, List, that's something, but I that took song the best is not of overrated. the best. Yeah, that song well, is not overrated. You know, I again, I believe it to be wildly overrated, but if it's on your list, I certainly understand. Yeah, there are a lot of them. I mean, you know, when you talk about deep stuff, like, I mean, the general public, you say close to the edge, and they have no idea what you're talking about. Right. We know, of course. We know, We, we rockers know. And if you I mean, don't know, then yeah, you need to check it out. You need to check it out. Yes. I mean, there's Welcome to My Nightmare. There's so many. There's I mean, so many. Well, Diamond Dogs. I mean, there's more Bowie. He's got a few of them. 
that possibly could be a bird banter coming up because there's so much there we could get into. We certainly could. These are, again, these are just NPR, and the list was 100. So I narrowed it down to wow. these from 100. So, And it was mostly not not everything, obviously, that I would like, but things that I thought might be iconic or that might resonate with other people and things that I thought we would know. But there, again, out of 100, there were so many. I went, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, mm, oh, my God. Right, but right. I just didn't have time to talk about all of it because winging it's 30 to 60 minutes. That's right. And we're at 24, so, we, you know, we're well, we're about ready to pull the old uh, plug here. <laughs> we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. So, since... We uh, got through that, and we talked about the greatest title tracks ever again. Just, you know, about 15, 16 out of the 100 named by NPR. And we will talk about it in upcoming Bird Banter, but for now, I guess that only leaves for you to say... Let's fly this coop. This has been Birds of a Feather on Fusion Music Radio.